Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, where I am joined once again by Tom Panos, an auctioneer, an author, a public speaker, the founder of Real Estate Gym, and the producer of the Million Dollar Agent podcast. And amongst all, an incredible human being with incredible wisdom. So we talked about so many different things, focusing on the resilient mindset. We talk about his famous interview with David Goggins on stage, his journey with cancer, chemotherapy. He also shared with us the three mental techniques of how to turn a negative situation around in that moment where you are feeling it. So if you haven't listened to part one of that podcast, please do so. It was filled with incredible moments and so much wisdom. In this week's podcast, we're going to be focusing on the real estate mindset to have in 2021. What's fueling the post-COVID boom, the qualities of the top agents, what to look for in a real estate agent. We also discuss all things cryptocurrency and he shares what I call his sliding door moment. So sit back, relax, and listen to part two of my podcast with Tom Panos. Let's talk real estate because I want to take the opportunity. You're an expert in this space and we're going through a post-COVID boom, right? What's fueling it? What's happening? And how long is it going to last for? And look, this is a question from the perspective of the consumers, but I also want to download some of your hacks that you share with your real estate gym subscribers as well, because a lot of our listeners are not in real estate, they're in financial services and they're lawyers, but I've listened to your stuff and the principles are the same. So I want to find out what's happening in real estate and then talk about what are the qualities of the, the top agents and okay. what do you teach them that makes them so effective as well? A lot of the stuff that we've been speaking about, which to me, real estate's 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. The truth of the matter is, and though agents don't like me saying it, because they probably don't like the truth to be known. Real estate is not a highly skilled job, right? If you've got a pulse rate and you're vertical, you're in, right? So it's not a job that's got a barrier of entry that makes it difficult. For instance, you want to become a lawyer, there's a step set of actions, optometrist. In real estate, the truth is you go off, you fill out some paperwork, You can go from being a rubbish removal person on Monday and the following Monday you're a real estate agent. So fundamentally it's not a skill set, but we'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to quickly tell you about real estate market because that's what I still skip to work every day, property. So Sam, COVID clarity in April last year in the lockdown across Australia, a thing happened called COVID clarity. COVID clarity gave people the pause button to think about their lives. Some people decided, you know what? I don't want to live here anymore. I want to go live in Byron or Bangalore. Some people thought, you know what? I don't want to live in a two-bedroom unit in Newtown. I'd rather buy a house, even if it's further out. I don't want to be trapped inside blocks of units like in New York where COVID was spreading right. Right. COVID clarity also helped people work out, I actually don't want to be married to him or her because Mm. during those six weeks inside the home, people started actually living their true self. They didn't have work to hide things. They were there. So COVID clarity created a bunch of reasons for people to either upsize, see change, tree change, 
separate and we saw that regional Australia benefited out of it. We saw all these areas, mm. whether it was Hobart, whether it was Lismore, whether it was Port Macquarie, all these areas benefited as people went out thinking that, you know what, Zoom's the new way. Yeah. Low interest rates and a government that has chosen to have property as its strategy to get the country out of the problems of the pandemic. So that has helped real estate. So low interest rates, COVID clarity, and a government that has choose property as the vehicle to come out of it. What am I seeing at the moment as we're doing this interview is the heat out of that market has subsided a bit. It's not been reported clearly yet because there's always a lag between results and media, right? Yes. So Sam, it's like there's this big balloon up there, a hot air balloon, but if you look closely, which I do, because it's my business, I can see there's hot air coming out of that balloon. How do I know? More properties being sold prior to auction. Right. That says there's only one buyer. Yes. The second thing is, fear of missing out has eased off in the last two weeks. Buyers are saying, no, I'm not gonna be as stupid as the next buyer. I'm walking away from this one. Yep. Two months ago, there was, I better buy it because next week it'll be dearer. Yeah, right? exactly. Yep. So I'm seeing that happening at the moment. And to answer your final question, Sam, as to the real estate agents that are thriving, what are the qualities? TQ, technology quotient. During this COVID period, they were the ones that jumped on and started doing things using technology to make them more efficient. So there's a bit of a revolution happening at the moment. Digital pre-listing kits, digital price appraisals, signing on screens, all these things are changing the way a real right. estate agent works. So pretty much what's happening in my industry, what we've done in our oh, business. Is it the same? Since COVID sprung, our business actually doubled in size because we were the only law firm at the time that was doing digital signing of documents, which yeah. meant people could just sign on a screen. We also launched a verification of identity app where people can verify the identity of a customer using an app on an iPhone or Android. So prior to COVID, lenders were very slow in taking up these technologies. But as soon as COVID hit, within two to three weeks, my phone did not stop ringing. We want your technology. So we were lucky. Well, we created that luck because we were ahead of the game. I can verify that TQ you're talking about, the technology part was critical because we don't own the intellectual property in the market. I'm no smarter lawyer than other great lawyers out there. But we did invest in the technology, which made things faster, cheaper, and more secure, ironically. People are afraid of technology, but technology with dual-factor authentication is, in fact, you know, much more secure than having a paper mailed by Express Post sitting yeah. somewhere and for someone to sign it. We noticed even before COVID that people did not want the face-to-face -face interaction on a lot of key touch points. They preferred no interaction. I think in real estate, it's the same thing. Maybe there's some interactions where they want to eyeball the person and say, well, should I give my listing to this person? Like you said, 80% of it is psychology because you don't need a great skill set to be a real estate agent, but you need to be liked. People need to like you and people read your energy first and listen to what you have to say second. That's how I judge when I'm talking to a real estate agent or my yeah. banker. I'm not listening to the interest rate or you know what they're going to do for me, the marketing campaign. I'm thinking, do I like this person? Can I trust them? Do they have my back? Often it's the people that are in a good space. Their family dynamic is great. They're not arguing with 
their spouse, they're not taking drugs, they're not showing off, they're modest, they're humble, they're hard workers, and they probably meditate and exercise and eat well, because it's a culmination of all those things that give you just a positive vibe. Absolutely. I agree 100% with you, Sam. And I think when you're sitting down with someone, there's a moment when you're dealing with a salesperson, a banker, where you just actually feel the words that you use, they've got my back, yep. I feel safe. Happens in a moment in a conversation, but what may have been happening is that you've had a relationship with that person for a long time. It does that's help right. to have a pre-existing relationship. <clears throat> yes. So Sam, that's what's happening. It's ironic how every CEO has hired a CTO over the last few years to transform their business to become a technology efficient based business. But in fact, it wasn't the CTO, it was COVID-19 that actually created the change. That the world was heading towards, but in a slow way. Correct. Yeah, I love that. So what goes on in your real estate gym? What's the journey there? So the real estate gym is essentially paywall that only people that are subscribers get access to. So what I do, Sam, is I produce a lot of content that's free. Yes. And then what I do is a small group of people that really want it and want more of it pay a monthly fee and they get stuff that just helps them list and sell more houses. So that includes scripts and scripts, mindset dialogues, techniques. I did one this morning. I did one with a real estate agent in New Zealand and what he shared with us was it's a weird one because he doesn't like talking to too many people which is a bit weird in real estate he goes I, 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 don't, I don't like making a lot of outbound calls so he shared his uh, system is uh, text messaging so he has his whole team all have got their computers are cloned to him and all he's doing Sam is sending out text message after text message layered with the occasional phone conversation so all I'm constantly doing is ripping off and duplicating other people's content that works and I share it to my subscribers and it works really well. It's no different. It's called real estate gym. It's no different to a physical gym in the sense that you go to this environment to help you in an area of your life and you pay a fee for it and it's my baby. I love it and I love producing content. I love seeing people that are using the gym grow their business and I also like it. I mean, it would be wrong for me not to say I also like the fact that I can make money while I sleep. And doing something that you love. Correct, correct. You've got to at some point turn around and say, (laughs) I can't just spend my life trading an hour of my time for a dollar, right? There's got to be a way, and that's why I also love real estate, because it's a vehicle for you to be able to make money without having to swap your time for it. Real estate goes up, and it goes up even when you're not working. What do you think of crypto? I don't know much about it, but I wish I'd bought some. Okay. You know? Are you in it? No, no, I'm not. Right. But I'm in the same category where I don't know much about it, but I wish I bought some as well. I, I just say don't see any value transfer there like you would in a restaurant or a hairdresser or you buy a house, you pay money and you get a house. It's just currencies that are popping up and anyone can create them just doesn't make sense. And I follow Warren Buffett and he says to stay away from it. So I'm going to listen to him. He he said that? (laughs) Totally. He said he's waiting for the axe to drop. He's a fine person to follow in your life. Yes. I like him. I like that person. He's a fine person. And I love a lot of his little one-liners. His little one-liners, you could write a whole book on. What's one of them that stands out? My favorite is, when the tide goes out, that's when you'll work out who's been swimming naked and who's had their swimmers on. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Because he's essentially saying, hey, 
when life's good, it's all looking good, but don't get too carried away. Yeah. Because when reality hits in, if you're a fake, you're going to be exposed, right? Yeah. So what does that mean in real estate? If you're dumb and lazy, you can still make money during a boom. But when the market changes, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be saying, what the hell happened? Yes. And there's a lot of young people entering into real estate that didn't go through the recession of 91 where there was Felice signs everywhere in Melbourne, Sydney, in top suburbs. I lived through that where there was so much supply and not enough buyers. And prior to that, 1980 uh, as well, I don't think we've seen really a recession since 91. No, I think you're right. The 2008 didn't impact everyone. It was very highly geared towards the financial services industry, right? So you actually saw Mossman, Eastern Suburbs impacted because you had these people that were on 400 grand a year plus 400 in bonuses and that wasn't happening after that. For your average person, it was not like 91. And I know what you're talking about because it was like signboards everywhere. Yeah. So was uh, Warren Buffett also talking about people that are heavily leveraged with debt? 100%. So what's your advice to people that are getting into real estate now during the best of times do you have a leverage point where you think it's too dangerous or was that unique to everyone i'm a person that hates debt on metal which is cars yes and debt on principal place of residence but i love debt on non-principal place of residence right and the reason why sam is that you can feel comfortable with having debt on investment because If cost of money is 2% and stuff is going up by 5% and you have the benefit in Australia at least of negative gearing, which means that, which you can't negative gear when interest rates are 2%, right? It's very hard to negative gear when cost of money is so Yeah. But all I'm getting at is if you own real estate, Sam, and you're losing 50 grand a year by owning it, the government actually gives you 20, 30 grand back thereabouts, right? Because of negative gearing. But with a principal place of residence, the interest you're paying is not in any way coming back to you. That is a cost, right? So is there a level? I would say it boils down to if it's your principal place of residence versus whether it's investment property. I mean, I'm totally comfortable having 100% debt on investment properties, but I'm not even comfortable having any debt on principal place of residence. I want it to be suffocated as soon as possible. Yep. I want to have, have no debt on principal place of residence. If the economy goes in the wrong direction, if the economy goes south, shit hits the fan, you still have your home, a roof over your head. Correct. Yeah, if you lose your job, you're not in dire straits. Absolutely right. Yep. And that's some of the timeless advice you get from families. I remember as a young person, my father used to say, as long as you've got your home, no one can come and kick you out of your home, right? Yep. So that's at the time. You don't really think about it. But now I think to myself, hey, that's that's decent, solid of advice. Absolutely. What do you think of this reform when it comes to stamp duty and land tax where they're going to remove stamp duty and replace it with one lump sum that people have to pay over their house? It's like the American system. Because I notice like my cousins who live in Pennsylvania, they'll pay two, three $300,000 for a mansion in mid-Pennsylvania but they pay like $4,000 a year in land tax. There is no stamp duty. Yeah. Uh, do you know much about that? Listen, and what do you think of that system? So this is, this is the modelling that I think the New South Wales government was talking about. I haven't dug deep in it, but I did read a fair bit, but not extreme, and I like it. 
because I think what it's going to do, Sam, is it's mm. going to create fluidity in the marketplace. One of the uh, reasons yep. that real estate mm. is not as fluid as the transfer of shares, the cost of entry each time, stamp duty, right? Yes. People are going to write out checks for stamp duty of two, three hundred thousand bucks. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous, yeah. right? So that's a prohibitor. For someone's living in a three-bedroom home and they say we need a swimming pool and we need four bedrooms and we need to be in a better area, it's not just actually upgrading. It's the fact that the cost of leaving that, cost of buying the other one all the taxes that are involved and I think really what it does is advertises those costs over a longer period of time which makes it more attractive for people to say buy and sell yes so let's hope they have exemptions for people who are retired or pensioners who own their own home but don't earn an income correct they're the group that could be vulnerable yeah especially if you're like 72 you don't have a job, you don't have much cash flow, but you live in a house Correct. in Rose Bay that's now worth $20 million. Correct. And the land tax, I'm guessing, would be on a means test. Yes. <laughs> and that could be prohibitive for people who then they'll be forced to sell their homes. Let's just hope that the government actually has a sensible approach to it. I hope so. The government's been pretty good in recent times, and I hope they're logical. Yeah. What do you think the difference between homes and units? Which one do you prefer? I hear that units have not gone up in price. There's actually quite a lot of supply, but homes are the ones that are getting snapped up. Like in Rosebury, you can't get anything in. I'd buy a unit now. And the reason I'd buy a unit now, Sam, is that I think that there's been such an increase in houses that units, again, represent good value. So what we've seen is the growth of units hasn't been high during the pandemic period because people have moved away being scared, living in closely populated areas and houses have been the big attraction. But then there comes a time when the gap becomes attractive again where you say hang on a second i can live in this desirable area and have a beautiful apartment and it represents good value low maintenance low maintenance so i would consider right now units in metro cities are good i actually think to myself right now is not the time to be buying properties in regional australia and the reason i say it is they've gone up so much and we know in 1919 when they had the spanish flu that there's a reference point we've seen what happened in real estate Everyone wanted to leave the cities and go live remotely. They were paranoid about the virus. When the virus went and life started to move on again, which is where we're at at the moment, you can see that sort of moving post-COVID, people go back to wanting to be close to people again. Yes, that's where the energy is. That's where the energy is. Mm. I don't want to be sitting in regional Australia seven hours away on their own. I tell you what, it's pretty good for two weeks, but you try doing that if you've been brought up in the city, living there every day of your life. I already have friends Mm. that went to Byron Bay and said, Byron Bay was great for six weeks, but I've got my <laughs> parents here. How many times can you sit on the beach drinking cocktails? How many weeks of the year can you do it before it actually becomes painful? Yes, yeah, so I'm laughing because so many of my friends did that as well. And some of them went to buy up there and thinking that's where they're going to live. And now they're just all back thinking, what have I done? <laughs> I can't live there. You can holiday there, but you can't live there. <laughs> of course you can't live there. If- been brought up if you've spent 45 years of your life with an infrastructure of people there and then all of a sudden you find yourself we're in Byron Bay you're sitting there you're drinking beers at the beach hotel jumping in the water and then you sit there one day and you think 
I'm here on my own. Life has to be lived with people. There's a saying in Arabic my father would tell me, he's passed now. I can't translate it very well in English, but he, he said, heaven without people is like hell. Wise advice from your father <laughs> back then. Wise advice. And I've tried it myself. And I've got to tell you, there's a great feeling after a couple of weeks when the plane lands at Mascot Airport and you come out, you're back home. I think so. To answer your question, I would say, Sam, units, not a bad investment back to the city again. Regional Australia's gone up a fair bit. Quite frankly, this whole Zoom thing is not a clear-cut experiment. I know a lot of corporates have ordered their staff back in. A mm. lot of the staff entered what is called the pyjama slope, wearing their Peter Alexander pyjamas at 10 o'clock in the morning, kidding themselves yeah. that they're doing work. There's a group of people, Sam, that actually did it okay, yeah. but there's a lot of people that never, ever have come out of that pyjama slope. Yeah, we've given our staff the option. A lot of them have now chosen to come back. Are you going to get the vaccine? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Which vaccine? I prefer to get the Pfizer one. but I'm The over, new technology yeah, one. Yeah, I'm over 50, so I think yeah. AstraZeneca. I've asked my doctor. He said to me, Tom, listen, the amount of treatment that you've had and the potency of the treatment that having AstraZeneca or having Pfizer would be like drinking Gaviscon for you. It's nothing. Yeah. And he goes, as for the risks... You're a practical person, pull out a calculator, work out how many blood clots, work out how many people have taken it, work out how many people haven't taken it, and he goes, then make a logical decision. So I will take it. I want to take it, Sam, for one specific reason. I want to go overseas. Yeah, and that's, that's the reason it. a lot of people want to yeah. take it, and that's uh, good advice. So I, I follow Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who's a famous microbiologist in America, and she likes the Pfizer vaccine because it's new technology, and she thinks will replace a lot of the other vaccines. She sees it as quite exciting and another example of great human ingenuity. I want to ask you another personal question. Do you have many close friends? And how do you judge people as close friends? What do you look for in a friendship? So the number would be about it's less than five. Right. And what do I look like in a friendship? Time. I don't make a lot of new friends. They pop into your life all the time. You get people and sometimes you meet someone and they seem to be all over you, wanting this and that. And mm -hmm. then you look back and nine months later you realise that they're not there, right? The people in that five list are people that I've known for decades. Right. And I think it was Aristotle that said friendship is a slow ripening fruit. Oh, well, profound Greek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If you picture this, yes. here's how my friends are made. Just picture a big jar with jelly beans. And just picture each of those jelly beans is trust. So what actually happens is the way you work out, hey, is this person in my corner, is over a period of time, mm. you've just realised, man, that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. I said that to this person and he never said anyone. I trust him. This happened and he helped me out there, that happens. So all of a sudden you realise, hey, I need someone that's put a lot of jelly beans there. You know? Yes, yes. They've got my back using your words that you talked about. That would be it. My business model's based on me. I don't have a business like you that is a process-driven business that works away. So my whole business model is me, right? Yeah. Pluses and minuses. The minus is that people always want a hold of you. They want you. I can't be reproduced. I, like to do an auction, a conference, right? I can't say, yep, I'll get one for you, right? Yeah. They said, but we've rung you up. So I'm the product and people want you. What happens is because mm. I'm out there in my industry at least, 
people are always looking saying Tom was useful for me you know what I mean I don't like people yeah looking at what they can get get out of you yeah. and I've had that with a lot of real estate people right so in the end I've reverted back to the jelly bean things and I look at people that have been there often from the age of 19 wow okay it's a long-standing friend long-standing ex-business partner who's christened my daughter from the age of 18 19 do you have anyone that you admire most or not listen the health world is where I've been exposed a lot to sometimes even make me cry on just the kindness of some people I live in a world real estate Mm -hmm. is very financially driven right whether you're a buyer whether you're a seller whether you're an agent Yep. It seems to have money attached to it. Yep, it's a transaction. It's a transaction, yeah. right? But in the world of health, you know that the person you're speaking to is on 80 grand a year and they're feeling your pain, right? So I'm not going to name specific people, but it's a Greek lady who I met her at chemotherapy, would come in and make Greek biscuits. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing her up because she saw me doing an auction three yeah. weeks ago and she comes up to me. The auction was in a street. She hadn't seen me since 2006 she was a volunteer making greek biscuits and bringing them into rpa cancer ward and that's where i met her she's about 85 now duntroon street helston park she goes did you ever go because i look older now sam Mm. she goes did you go to rpa hospital i said yes she goes do you remember me? And I looked at her and I said, you used to make the Greek kuduria, which is Greek. Yes, the biscuits with the sesame seed. Yep, yep. She goes, I'm so happy. I thought you died. And so many of these people that you you meet there, she goes, you don't know how much joy is is given me. And I realised what she meant. She goes in. She doesn't get paid for that. She does that for caring, for trying to help people. And then she sees in her eyes, this guy disappeared. And they often do disappear at a chemo ward. They do. We've got to accept the facts. And then she just sees and she says, wow, for the last 15 years, he's actually been alive. And the joy that she gets, and I could see it. She was crying at an auction. The fact that she'd seen this guy that looked sick. Wow. You know? Genuine. Genuine. That, yeah, that yeah. stuff. That stuff there, you know, or the transgender nurse that I had that persevered, that they wanted to take me off a drug, Sam, Mm. because I had high blood pressure and she persevered. Her boss said, no, I would... It's a big thing to actually try and speak over your boss. Mm. Her boss said, we're going to have to take him off. And that's disappointing because being taken off a drug means that you have less options. She said, but it could be the fact that he's just stressed. So she came in, Sam, and she says, listen, listen to music or birds or the sea get your pulse rate down. Maybe that's what's causing this blood pressure Right. and persevered with her. She's an angel. That's yeah. a sliding door moment. That is, yeah. She said to Amazing. her boss, wait, yeah. give it another try. I could have easily have just been told, yeah. sorry, sir, you're wow. reacting to this drug. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. I would have gone to the doctor the next day. The doctor would have said, Tom, it's not for you. And then you go off and you wow. die. That person there, to me, is a hero because you know what it's like, Sam. How hard is it for someone to try and overrule their boss to sort of say, you know, wait, I'm grateful. And it's bizarre how angels come in the least that you expect. I mean, a nurse that I have no association with in my life comes in as an angel and you see that all the time. That's beautiful. Tom, 
It's been a real pleasure, mate. You gave me more goosebump moments and I actually got teary then because you mentioned that nurse at Upgrade Your Life, but you didn't tell me the story. And it's those selfless acts from people like that that are true and inspiration. Like you said, the faceless heroes that are not writing books and being interviewed. Thank you for sharing that and thank you for coming in. I know you're a really busy guy, but as always, you always astonish me with your perspective on life and business and real estate and everything in between. For those of you who are wanting to connect with Tom, you can find him and find out more about him at tompanos.com.au. That's T-O-M-P-A-N-O-S.com.au. Or you can go straight to the business side of things at realestategym.com.au. Tom also has a great Instagram page, uh, which you can find at Tom underscore Panos. It's one of my personal favorite accounts on Instagram. Of course, if you cannot find these, we will be adding links to all these sites in the description part of this podcast. Tom, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Okay, everyone. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, live consciously, my friends. 